to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, February 11th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Greetings, everybody. Well, we're fighting through the post-coronavirus brain fog. That's a real thing. But uh, you'll be glad to know I did survive the coronavirus, or I guess you'll be glad to know. Maybe you're not glad to know, but I did, in fact, survive. So let's get on with another episode of the Friday Gold Wrap, because it was a pretty interesting week out there. Now, earlier this week, Atlanta Fed President Raphael Bostic was on CNBC to talk about the Federal Reserve's inflation fight, and he made what I think is a pretty startling admission. He actually conceded that the central bank's plan to raise interest rates about 1% this year wasn't exactly going all in to fight inflation. He said the hope was that by communicating to the markets that the central bank intends to return to a more normal monetary policy, that that would be enough to bring inflation down. So basically, it sounds to me like hope and pray monetary policy. In fact, if you remember a few weeks back, I actually did a podcast episode by that title. That seems to be what the Fed is working here, hope and pray monetary policy. In fact, if you read between the lines, it's pretty clear Bostic is hoping inflation's just going to go away on its own. Now, mind you, he said all of this before the CPI data came out for January. The expectation was for around 7.2% annual CPI increase, which is huge. But Bostic hemmed and hawed about the monthly increase slowing down. He said, quote, I am very hopeful we are going to start to see that decline. There is some evidence we are on the cusp of that. Now, as Reuters summed it up, Bostic said more important to him than the high headline inflation number, that's 7.5%, is whether the month-to-month pace of change continues to moderate. That would be a sign that the economy may be working through the supply chain problems and the other difficulties that have been driving prices higher but are associated with the bumpy reopening from the pandemic. Well, bad news, Raphael. There were no signs of that decline in the January data. Everything came in hotter than expected again. On an annual basis, as I just mentioned, CPI was up 7.5%. Month on month, it was up 0.6%. That ain't moderating. In fact, it was one-tenth of one percentage point higher than the month-on-month increase in December. I'll now insert my regular disclaimer that all of this is based on a rigged CPI calculation that significantly understates rising prices, and if it was calculated honestly, we would be seeing 15% annual CPI gains, which would rank as higher than the inflationary period of the 1970s. So now, all of a sudden, they're talking about a 50 basis point rate hike to kick things off in March. But let's get real. That's still just spitting into the ocean in the face of 7.5% inflation, much less 15% plus inflation. And an interesting thing happened this time. Once again, we got the data for the CPI, the dollar rallied, and gold sold off on the hotter-than-expected CPI data as markets contemplated the Fed's impending war on inflation. But this time, it was short-lived. Those moves actually reversed later in the day. So maybe, 
Just maybe the markets are starting to realize that this war against inflation, this hope and pray monetary policy is nothing but a bunch of hot air. So back to Bostic for a second. His wording during this interview revealed an important reality that I don't think a lot of people have picked up on. Bostic said the Fed would be moving to a, quote, less accommodative stance. He said, less accommodative. Doesn't that imply that the monetary policy will continue to be somewhat accommodative despite high inflation? Yes, yes it does. And it is. Unless the Fed drives rates to over 7.5%, the interest rate environment will remain accommodative. Now, let me ask you the operative question here. Do you think the Fed is going to raise rates to 7.5% this year? Or ever? Of course not. 50 basis points is supposed to be like shock and awe or something. As I've been saying for months, pushing rates to the level necessary to actually take on inflation would pop this bubble economy. In fact, I'm pretty certain the 1% or 2% they're talking about in the next year or two will pop this bubble economy. Look, the entire economy is built on debt and stimulus. Did you know that consumer debt grew at the fastest pace in five years last year? Total consumer debt grew by $18.9 billion in December alone, according to the latest data from the Fed. That represents a 5.1% annual increase. Total consumer debt now stands at $4.43 trillion. Credit card debt alone has pushed past $1 trillion. You know what this tells me? It tells me that the economic growth we saw in 2021 was largely driven by government stimulus checks and credit card borrowing. The stimulus checks are long gone, and now the Fed is talking about raising interest rates, the very thing that enables Americans to spend money on all of this stuff that they can't afford, which incidentally all comes from other countries because our trade deficit hit record levels last year. I'm always amused reading the mainstream financial news when the consumer credit report comes out. Mainstream reporting tends to spin increasing consumer debt as good news. Of course, when Americans are paying off their debt, it's also good news. It's basically always good news. But according to the narrative, Americans believe that the economy is strong and they feel confident enough to borrow money. But heavy borrowing could just as well be a sign of consumer distress. It may well be they're turning to debt to make ends meet as the inflation freight train strains their budgets. So, I mean, yeah, I guess the mainstream could be correct in thinking Americans are borrowing a lot of money right now because they are confident in this economy. They probably aren't, but they could be. To me, it seems far more likely higher prices and the absence of stimulus checks are forcing Americans to borrow more to buy the stuff they can't afford. The bottom line is the only reason Americans can borrow money to begin with is because the Fed enables them to borrow money. That's what this monetary policy is all about. It's stimulus. It's to get people to borrow and spend. The only reason the federal government can borrow all of this money is because the Fed enables it to borrow all of this money. The central bank is holding interest rates artificially low, and it's monetizing government debt so that consumers and Uncle Sam can pay the interest on all of this money that they're borrowing. 
So the impact of rate hikes and balance sheet tapering is going to ripple through the entire economy. This is one of the reasons it's unlikely the Fed will be able to follow through with this so-called monetary tightening, which is really nothing more than uh, less loose. It's going to topple the pillars that support this bubble economy. That's where I see this going. The Fed is going to move forward forward with this half-assed inflation fight. It's not going to put a dent in inflation, but it is going to pop the bubble. My gut is the economy will start to slide toward recession. The stock market bubble will pop, and then the Fed's going to do what it always does. It will go back to QE and rate cuts. That's the fork it knows. That's its only playbook. It has a one-page playbook, QE, interest rate cuts. Maybe that's two pages. I don't know. Then we'll still have inflation and a tanking economy. This is the perfect formula for stagflation, and I just don't see how we avoid that outcome. I mean, maybe they have some rabbit that they can pull out of their hat, but eh, I'm a little skeptical. Bostick and Powell and the whole lot of them are playing a game of chicken that they are inevitably going to lose. Right now, the mainstream still seems pretty sanguine that the central bank can wiggle out of this corner it's painted itself into, and maybe it can. I mean, the Fed is a slippery creature, right? But I'm not convinced. I think the quiet rally we've seen in gold over the last couple of weeks might indicate that the sentiment in some circles is shifting. Maybe there are some people out there who are starting to realize that the Fed is hosed, and hope and prayer monetary policy isn't going to be enough. And I'm not the only person who thinks this. Economist Andre Marquis wrote an article saying that the Fed is trapped. It doesn't really have room to raise rates or taper. Quote, the Fed is trapped in its own web. It does not have much room to raise rates without major complications in the financial market and in the economy. Even if it finally delivers on tapering and starts raising rates, it won't get any further than it did back in the last rate hike 2015 through 2018 and balance sheet shrinking 2017 through 2019 cycles. I'll link to his article in the show notes page. He's got a lot of interesting charts and graphs that show just how trapped the Fed is. But given that inflation clearly isn't transitory, and despite Bostick's wishful thinking, it doesn't seem to be subsiding on its own. This is going to take a while to play out, but it is going to play out, and I don't think we're going to like the ending of this little drama. I want to shift gears and talk about something completely different to close out the show. Let's talk about silver. Silver demand, to be specific. The Silver Institute expects demand to hit a record high in 2022. This is according to the Silver Institute's global demand forecast that came out this week. The Institute projects silver demand will hit a record 1.112 billion ounces this year with growth in most key areas of silver demand. That would represent an 8% year-on-year increase. A surge in industrial demand, particularly in the green energy sector, will help drive overall demand higher. Industrial fabrication is expected to expand by about 5% this year. That um, industrial offtake accounts for about half of total silver demand. Uh, 
The Silver Institute also projects a big gain in the physical silver investment market. Quote, as the year advances, ongoing macroeconomic uncertainties and elevated inflationary pressure should encourage retail investors to seek physical silver for wealth preservation. Accordingly, profit-taking is likely to remain muted. Physical silver investment in India is also expected to strengthen on the back of improving economic conditions and positive price expectations. That's from the Silver Institute report. Now, this comes on the heels of a 32% jump in investment silver demand last year. U.S. coin and bar demand surpassed 100 million ounces in 2021 for the first time since 2015. Looking at the silver market, we're back to where we were before the pandemic, with silver significantly undervalued compared to gold. The silver-gold ratio is over 78 to 1. To put that into some perspective, the average in the modern era has been between 40 to 1 and 50 to 1. Now, that silver-gold ratio, all that is is simply how many ounces of silver it takes to buy one ounce of gold. So it gives you an idea of the relative price between the two metals. I've mentioned before that silver historically outperforms gold during a gold bull run. We saw this play out during the big run-up in gold in the early days of the pandemic. We have a similar setup today. When the markets finally wake up and realize inflation is here to stay, and the Fed isn't going to put a dent in it, that the hope and prayer monetary policy ain't going to do nothing, gold will run up and it should take silver with it. On top of that, the fundamentals for silver are strong right now, as the uh, Silver Institute report indicates. So, If you want to learn more about the silver market, its relationship to gold, how silver can fit into your investment portfolio, this would be the perfect time to talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metals specialist. And you can do that very simply by calling 1-888-GOLD-160. If you don't want to talk on the phone, just shoot them an email, info at shiftgold.com. They'll get back with you. These guys are absolutely fantastic. They're going to look at your investment strategy, your personal goals, and help you see how precious metals can fit into your investing strategy. So do that today. So that is a gold wrap for this week, Corona Fog and all. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and of course, keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com slash news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes. We're on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. We're on Stitcher. Uh, You'll find links to this stuff over on the show notes page. I really do appreciate you listening to the show. Hope you have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you next time.